Hey everybody, what's up? How you doing? My name is Aaron Olinsky. I am the lead pastor at Grace Church, and I want to wish you a happy 4th of July. Uh, this is a wonderful holiday that we get to celebrate as a nation, to celebrate our independence, to celebrate our liberties and freedoms that we get to have as a country. And I know for me as a, as a Christian, and for you as well, if you're a Christ follower, we get to celebrate the liberties uh, that Christ offers to us freedom from sin and death and forgiveness that he offers to us. It's, it's a holiday that we get to celebrate on a lot of different levels. And I wanted to give you just a quick update on what's going on in the life of our church. I know we've talked about our moving day uh, with us being a portable church in the movie theater and moving into our permanent facility and our new building. We're so excited. We don't yet have an exact date, uh, but please stay updated and stay in communication. Be looking for emails and social media communications from us. We'll give you that exact date as soon as we have it. We're hoping it's July 11th, possibly the 15th, but we're hoping any day, any week soon, we'll be able to do that. And I want to encourage you, uh, if you call Grace Church your church, or if you're interested in our church, I want to encourage you to make the transition. Uh, a lot of times when there's changes and adjustments in our life, it's hard for us to make that change. And so in this transition for us to go from the movie theater into a new building, we're very excited about it, but sometimes people struggle with that. So I wanna encourage you to make the transition and change into the new building. And so what that means is we want you to get plugged in. We want you to get integrated into the life of the church. Maybe you need to start serving and getting on a team uh, that you can serve in the body of Christ, serve in our church and serve in our community. We would love to help you do that in any way. And so we're continuing in our series in the book of James. And so we're going to be in chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to James chapter 4. James is towards the back of the New Testament. Uh, we've been working on this series for several weeks now. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of context and understanding. So James is writing to a persecuted church where the Christians were in and around Jerusalem and Israel, but because of the persecution, they were moving out elsewhere to different places outside of the city. So in, in fact, James starts his letter to the churches and he writes this in James chapter one, verse one, he says, this letter is from James, a slave of God, which means a servant and, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, to Jewish believers, that's the church. And he uses the word scattered scattered abroad and then he says greetings and so that word scattered is kind of what I want to talk about just for a minute uh, because anytime we are scattered we feel dispersed anytime our life is scattered we feel it's in disarray anytime people are scattered there's distance there gosh and if we know anything about distance over this last year we know what distance looks like between people and we've experienced that and so some of you maybe have felt distant from the Lord, maybe you felt distant or scattered from church, and we would love to have you get connected into the church and remain connected into Grace Church and our body. I know for us and our family, uh, this term scattered and feeling distant is something that's making us feel uneasy because in just over a month, our oldest son will be moving away and going away to college. And so when you understand distance and that what it looks like and what it feels like, it's making us feel uneasy. Uh, right now I'm a grown man, but I'm already having some separation anxiety, knowing that my oldest son is going away from college. We're super excited for him and all that it means. But I'll tell you what, as parents, we get a little bit weepy, a little bit sad. And that's what distance does, doesn't it? 
And so let's go ahead and jump forward into James chapter 4, and let's start in verse 1. It says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? And so what's happening is the people are dispersed, they're separated, there's distance, they, they've been scattered. And so what's causing the quarrels and fights is that distance. Because what happens is when we're not connected with people, sometimes gossip rises up, sometimes we start saying negative things about other people, sometimes there's backstabbing. And maybe that's something that you've had to deal with unfortunately in your life, somebody saying something negative about you behind your back. But what happens is uh, many times we hear this phrase that absence makes the heart grow fonder. But I actually would say that distance also makes our heart grow harder towards other people. When there's distance, when there's separation, when we feel scattered from other people. So what happens is when we feel apart, we, f we think that we're going to remain apart. And so the first point I want to share with you is that distance starts to create issues. Because James is writing to a church, to a people uh, that, that are continuing to deal with disunity. They're feeling disconnected. So he's telling them, hey, you've got to do your very best to stay unified, to stay connected within the church. And so we've got to recognize that unity within the church is extremely important. And so for us at Grace Church, that's something that we fight for. We don't want gossip. We don't want division or dissension. Uh, but we want to be speaking positively about other people. And it's important to us to speak positively about other churches in our community. You know, one of the things we're very fortunate uh, to be in is a, um, an, an amazing community here in Melbourne where we love our city, we love our area, we love our communities and neighborhoods. And I am so thankful that there are so many Bible-believing churches that preach God's Word, that teach you know, Jesus and everything that He communicated. And that's so important to us that there's a wonderful and amazing churches. I love that. And so unfortunately though, when you look at our culture, over these last several you know, months and, and over a year, there's been some division. And even amongst churches, there's been division and separation. And that's so hard. And so to me, like I just want to share with you as, as a pastor, like that causes me to be grieved and it hurts you know, us because we want this unification. So, so I believe that the church should be different. Though culture may experience some division and separation, I believe that the church should be different and show unification and that there shouldn't be separation. Because just to continue on that verse, you know, he says in verse one, what's causing the quarrels and fights among you? It's a question, what's causing that? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? That's a really interesting question in it, the war that's within inside of us. And so what he's saying is, hey, don't blame other people because of the situation that you're in. Don't accuse other people because of the choices and the decisions that you make. Don't point your finger at somebody else because of something that you said out of your mouth. So James is, is really confronting what's causing these fights. Don't you understand that it's from within sight of you and the things that come out in our life and the decisions. And, and man, I'll tell you what, it might be July 4th. It might be a holiday and something we get to celebrate, but I'm ready to preach. Like, I hope you're ready to hear this because this is a powerful, strong passage that James is preaching and talking about. And so I want to share it with you uh, because fighting and quarreling requires two parties, doesn't it? 
We know that, and we understand that. And so James is saying the battle starts inside of us. And we have to recognize that if it takes two, then if we don't participate in that, then that shows strength inside of us. That shows our desire for unity and not quarreling. And then he continues in verse two, he says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. You don't, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what will give you pleasure. And so why is it that we're jealous? I mean, let's be honest. Look, look introspectively right now into your life. We get jealous because we don't have what we think we deserve or we don't have something that we think we want. And so why are you bitter about that? Why is that something that's upsetting you? It's because we get upset when we don't feel like we're treated or we don't earn something that we feel that is justifiable, justifiably given to us and we feel like we deserve to be treated a certain way. So we get jealous, we get bitter when those things happen. And so distance creates issues in our life and it causes jealousy and dissension inside of us. And so the second thing I want to share with you is that jealousy will destroy us from within. Because when we act or respond out of jealousy or out of bitterness, when we say things, when, when we're angry, when we're frustrated about those things or, or we act out, what happens is we're taking things into our own hands. We recognize their situation and we're frustrated about it. So we think we've got to take initiative and make a change. And, and really, when you look at that from a spiritual perspective, we're actually bypassing the Lord. Instead of trusting in Him and leaning on Him and looking to Him to be the solution and the answer and be our provider, we're bypassing Him and saying, no, I deserve that and I should have that and I'm jealous and I'm bitter and I'm frustrated about it. So when we do that, we show that we are actually not trusting God to be our provider and our source and the solution. And so when you understand jealousy and the real root of what it comes from in our hearts and our lives, the opposite of that would be contentment. Instead of looking at things that you want or desire or long for, what if we choose to be content with what we actually have and what I would even say that the Lord has given to us? Because it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. I mean, we need to be thankful in every single circumstance for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so the goal is contentment in our life. We shouldn't be jealous. We should be thankful for what we have. And here's the thing that we've really got to do is, you know, it, early in, in the passage in James, it talks about quarreling and fights. Well, I would say that we need to fight to keep the attitude of appreciation and to keep that feeling and the emotions correct where we understand that we should be content because a thankful heart is not a jealous heart. So what if we let that thankfulness remain in our life and, and, and we have that contentment because a content person is one who's usually full of joy. 
They're full of everything that's already in their life and they have joy that comes from the Lord. And so when we have that thankfulness and when we have that contentment, what that does is it's an incredible thing and it, it actually causes uh, just this fulfillment in our relationships because when I have contentment and I have thankfulness and something good happens to you, I can actually celebrate with you. I don't look at what happened to you and I'm jealous or I'm, I'm envious because I feel like the Lord should bless me in the same way that he did you. No, when something great and amazing happens to you, I get to celebrate and have the same joy that you have. I get to experience that with you. But when I'm ungrateful, I get angry and I get frustrated. I get spiteful. And what happens is, unfortunately, those things give birth to sin in our life. But when I'm thankful, when somebody else gets the promotion? What if I'm appreciative and my car breaks down again? What if I still have that appreciation, that thankfulness for my vehicle? If I'm content and I read different posts that other people put or pictures of the wonderful things that they're doing or the things that they're experiencing in their life or in their family, if I have content, then I see those things and I'm happy. I'm joyful for them in their life. And so what we need to remember and what James is pointing out very directly is that God truly wants to deal with our heart. God is way more interested in our heart, in our lives, than he is the exterior things. And so how we handle those situations really shows the, the evidence of, of what's inside of our soul and our heart. And so when we allow the Lord to do what he wants to, we're trusting him with every situation and we can be thankful in all circumstances. Now, almost every single week in this series, I've shared that James is a very direct person. He is a confronting personality. He is telling us how it is. There is no fluff. He's not concerned how people are receiving the things that he's writing. Like He's just telling it how it is. And the thing we also have to understand is James is writing to Christians. So if you follow Christ, like he's writing to you and I. And so I say that he's being very direct because I need you to be ready. Because what he says next is pretty strong. And it's in verse 4. He says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you wanna be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And so when there's distance between us and God, and we start looking at the things that we don't have, James is saying that it's like cheating on God. He's saying it's as if you're having an affair with worldly pleasures. And so what we need to have is a biblical understanding, a biblical worldview in our life, in our culture, in our decisions, really truly focused on God's kingdom and who he is. And so that is so neat because oftentimes in culture, you don't see that. We think it's okay to be envious or jealous or look at the things that we want and desire and, and long for them. And so I just would say that you know what, maybe we should look a little bit different than culture, look a little bit different than society or normal people. And so to me, what that means is when we look a little bit different, we're gonna be at odds. There's gonna be a little bit of war, a little bit of friction and tension 
because our perspective is a godly one. It's a heavenly one. And that should be the truth about who we are. In fact, Peter talked about this very thing in the second chapter in verse uh, verse 11. He says, Dear friends, I warn you as... He says this interesting phrase. He says, Temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. And so, uh, some, some translations of scripture, they use the word alien. They talk about a foreigner or an alien, somebody is, who is not from that place, not from that region. So, you know, ha- have you ever been to a different place, like a different culture, a different country even, and, and not felt like you fit in? I, I know I have at, at different times, uh, whether it's here in America or different situations, social, social settings, you know, sometimes we feel out of place, but I know I've had this amazing opportunity to go on different missions trips over the course of my life. I've been to different countries. And most recently, I had the wonderful opportunity to go to Guatemala uh, to go serve a missionary there, Rudy Gonzalez, with uh, Living to Serve Ministry. And, and we've been there multiple times as a church. And I'll tell you what, even as much as I love going there, I stand out a little bit. Uh, I do, you know, w- w- one of the things we'll do e- every single trip is we'll go into the market and we'll try and buy some souvenirs, some trinkets, some things that we can bring home for friends and family. And here's the deal. Uh, I can't hide or I can't blend in in the market. I stand out. So all the people that have the shops and the stores, they notice. They see me coming from down the aisle. And so me, like, thinking that I'm going to fit into that culture should feel as odd as a Christian fitting into this worldly culture. And sometimes we try and do that. We'll change our lifestyle, we'll change our decisions so we think we should fit in or compromise. And in fact, we should be quite the opposite. We should be different, it should look different. And James continues in verse five, he says, Do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. So he's talking, he's saying, don't be adulterous, don't don't cheat on the Lord, don't don't desire our worldly pleasures, but in fact, we should be faithful towards him. Because here's the battle, here's the struggle with that. It is so easy to create distance. It's easy to create distance in our relationships. It's very easy for us to feel distant from God. And I would even say that 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 drift, it happens naturally. It does, like we can drift naturally from the Lord. So we have to be intentional to stay close. And that takes effort to stay close to the Lord, to be intentional in our godly relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships. Like we have to be intentional to foster those and and facilitate healthy relationships with those around us. And and just to give you an example of drift, that it's easy to drift, uh, just recently, a few weeks ago, I had the wonderful opportunity to go with my middle son up to the Boundary Waters into northern Minnesota. So we paddled canoes into the wilderness and into these lakes, and we experienced some really, really rough weather uh, on these lakes. We had some white caps, and we had wind. There was extreme wind on certain days and it was blowing against us like sometimes up to 20 miles an hour and so you're we were paddling our canoe into these white caps and waves and it was hard because once we stopped paddling what would happen is we the the canoe would turn and and the wind would push us it would be a drift 
It was like we were having to be intentional to go against that wind. And, and so it's sometimes we have to make, be very purposeful in our effort to stay on course, to stay on track with the mandate that the Lord gives for us. The, the example that Christ lays out for us in following after him, we have to be intentional to do that because if we don't, we can feel that drift and that creates distance. And so distance creates issues and jealousy will destroy us. And the third thing I wanna share with you is we don't have to have distance, we don't have to have jealousy, but in fact, number three, that we can return to the Father. And so the challenge that we have to experience that we walk through is that we need to get rid of the sin in our life. That's what James is talking about. Don't be part of worldly culture, but in fact, get rid of the sin, the struggles that you face, the, the temptations that you allow yourself to, to fall into because those are what create distance between us and the Father. But we can get, have the closeness with our Heavenly Father, with our Dad, uh, and, 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 and close that distance between Him and I. And, and the thing that we have to do in order to get that is just acknowledge our need for Him. Just to cry out to Him, to surrender to Him in His ways and to lean in to, towards Him. And, and the, the reality is, is we can't do that on our own. We can't. In and of ourselves, of our own power, uh, because that war inside of us. So we've got to look to Him. We've got to be reliant upon His Holy Spirit in our lives. And so what, what we need to do is take on this, this attitude of humility to say to our Father and say, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I can't do this without you. And you know, the thing that's interesting is that doesn't make us feel weak. Or he, he doesn't look at us and, and see us as feeble. In fact, he looks at us and that brings a big smile to his face because that's exactly what he wants. He wants us to be fully reliant upon him, to be faithful to him. And so I wanna encourage you to return to him. And so here's a, a great way to understand it. James lays it out for us. And I'm gonna read verses six through 10 now. It says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and the gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And so what James is saying is, is he's saying you can't remain where you are and expect God to do all the work. That's not how the formula works. That's not how the relationship works. It's in fact us, we've got to take the first step. We have to take that, initiate that first reaction towards the Lord and, and action moving towards Him, taking that step. Because when we do, His grace comes. It shows our humility, our need for Him. He pours out His grace on us. He brings forgiveness of our sins in our life that we long for. And then what happens is He's, this, he's a loving Father. He, he welcomes us back in. He draws us in close because that's exactly what He wants. He wants us to be near to Him but we've got to take that step towards him. And then he does this miraculous, supernatural thing where he changes us from the inside out. He begins with our heart. He begins with our mind and our thoughts. 
And then what happens is it begins to, to transform us in who we are. And it, it becomes evident in the words that we say, in our actions, in our deeds towards other people. And so God doesn't shame us. He doesn't bring down judgment upon us. In fact, He welcomes us back. He offers us grace when we come to Him with humility. He doesn't want us to remain in our sin, no doubt about that, but He makes a way where there seems to be no way. And the, that path is only through Christ. And so if you have not yet committed your life to Christ, I would encourage you to do that. It's an incredible thing where we get to follow after Jesus and He becomes our, our role model and, and our example and we can be passionate for Him. And so the thing that, we, that I want you to grasp and understand is, you know, I, I was talking about distance. I was talking about feeling disconnected. I, I talked about my son and, and the drift, you know, in the canoe and, and, and that we can literally return back to the Father. So if you're at a place right now where you don't feel connected to the Lord, He wants you back. He wants you to draw near to Him. And so I would encourage you right now, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. So join in with me in this prayer and returning back to the Father. And let this prayer be your own. And so pray with me right now. Just maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I long for you. I desire you. I recognize I can't do it on my own. God, would you forgive me? Would you change me in my life, in my thinking, in, in my decisions, how I go about things? God, would you rid me of the sin, the struggles, the, the, the pain that I've caused in my life? Uh, God, those decisions that I'm not proud of, would you forgive me and bring cleansing? Jesus, I ask that you would change me. Would you renew me, restore me? Father, in the areas where we've been jealous, would you show those to us right now? We don't want to be jealous. We don't want that jealousy to remain because of what comes as a result, what happens, the things that we say, the feelings, the attitudes that we have. But God, would you rid us of that jealousy? Would you replace it with contentment and thankfulness and gratitude? Would you do this incredible operation and transformation inside of us? Because we long for you. We want what you want. Would your heart become our heart? And that we would desire you more. And Father, in that returning, thank you so much for the welcoming back that you give to us. And so we come into your home. We come into you as our Heavenly Father. And we love you. We delight in you. We honor you. God, I pray blessings on you. You're so powerful. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we can walk this out. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.